your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms chapter 78. We're going to go to the book of Psalms chapter 78. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, we just pray right now, Father. As you said, your word will not return void. God, we just ask, Father, that it accomplishes what it has set out to accomplish. And Father, we just pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So Psalm 78, there's this, there's this powerful verse, and we're going to start reading in verse 40, but there's, there's this powerful verse right here in verse 40. Y'all ready? Psalm 78, verse 40. Look at this, guys. It says, how often they provoked him in the wilderness. Okay, listen, I want you to listen to this strong words right here. I want you to listen to what he's saying. He said, how often they provoked him in the wilderness. Look at this. And grieved him in the desert. That's a strong word right there. God's being grieved over something. You see that? God is being grieved over something. What is it? What's he being grieved over? Look at verse 41. It says, yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You see that? They limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power, right, the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. Guys, listen. They limited his power. Why do we limit God? I'm going to explain it to you. Thanks. Why do we limit God? Why do we limit God? Why do we limit the Holy One of Israel? So this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit. I want us to, I want us to talk about prayer a little bit, but we're going to look at it just a little bit differently. Is that okay? Is that what we do here at Restoration Church? Come on, y'all. Y'all wait this morning. Has the coffee not kicked in yet? Are y'all good? Okay, so we're going to look at prayer just a little bit differently this morning, and I want us to see the power of praying big prayers. Come on, somebody. I want us to see the power in praying big prayers, the power of asking in complete confidence, guys, that he is a strong and mighty God. Amen? And I want to spark your faith this morning. I want to stir something in you today. Amen? I want, I want, to, I want to stir something up in you that, this, that, that can be beyond what you think is possible. Can we do that? I want to stir something in you that, that God can do above anything you think is possible, and I want us to take the limits off of God. Amen. That's what I'm going to preach about this morning. Can we do that? We're going to take the limits off of God, and I don't want to just preach about it. I want us to do it. Is that okay? I want us to do it. Say, take the limits off God. That's right. Come on. I want us to just do it. I want us to allow him in this service today to do what only he can do. Amen. I want you to hear that we have the same problem today as they did back then. I want you to understand this. We have the exact same problem today that they had back then. We limit the Holy One of Israel. And I want you to look at this. I want you to notice if you read, if you read Psalms chapter 78, if you read that entire, entire chapter of Psalms in 78, go back and read it. That's my challenge for you guys this morning is go back and read Psalm 78, okay? But, but there's this constant theme. 
he starts listing miracle after miracle after miracle that the Lord has done in their life. He starts listing, you know, here's what he did, how God rolled back the Red Sea, how God fed them with manna, how God clothed them for 40 years, how God led them by a cloud during the day and by fire during the night. And it's this whole, this whole laundry list of all the miracles that God had performed for them Wait, wait, but I want to tell you, he, he, it shows how God did supernatural thing after supernatural thing after supernatural thing, right? And then the Bible says that they begin to limit that same God. They seen what he did and all the miracles he and then they begin to limit God. And God, I want you to notice the strong wording, was grieved. He was grieved. God was grieved. He was grieved and provoked because they limited him. They did not give God the privilege to do everything that he wanted to do for them. Amen? Y'all follow me so far? Because, because God, they, they didn't give God the privilege to move and do all the miracles that he was planning on doing to begin with. They limited him. God wasn't limited in his ability. Come on, somebody. God was not limited in his ability. They limited him by their unbelief. Amen? God was very capable of doing it. They did, God, God's, God's, God's ability is not limited. They limited him in their unbelief. And when you understand that, can I tell you something? He, that when we understand that he wasn't able to do everything that he wanted to do for him. Amen? Think about Matthew 23, verse 37. I want you to think about this with me. How Jesus said to the city of Jerusalem... And I want you to understand that he could be saying this to one of you this morning. I want you to understand this. Jesus is speaking to the city of Jerusalem, but he may even be speaking to you this morning. And this is what he said. How often I wanted to. You see that? He says, how often I wanted to. He said, I wanted to. I wanted to gather you all. I wanted to get you together. He said, he said how often I wanted to. I wanted to gather you together as, as hens gather their chicks up under my wing. He said, I would have blessed you. I would have raised you. I would have healed you. I would have provided for you. But you were not willing. Do you see that? He says, oh, Jerusalem. He said, I'm here. He said, I'm coming to gather you up under my wing. He said, I want to bless you. I want to take care of you. I want to heal you. He said, but you were not even willing. The King James said you would not. The King James said, said, I would, but you would not. He says, I want to, but you weren't willing. He says, you're not even willing. That's a phenomenal thing to understand, guys. Do you know that? That is a phenomenal thing to understand. When you think of the God who has unlimited power. Come on, somebody. And he's saying, I want you. I want to gather you together. I want to bless you. I want to give you everything. I have unlimited resources for you. But you're not even willing. You're not even willing to let me. He says, I would have, but you wouldn't. You would not. He says, you limited me. Can I tell you something? If you're short, if you're limited, if you're running in a deficit in some area of your life, I want you to know that God is able and he is willing and he is ready to bless you. Amen? He is saying, I want to do this. If you feel like you're running empty and you're in a deficit, he says, but you're not even willing. 
Amen, somebody. Come on. He says, I want to do greater things than you could ever conceive in your mind. He says, I want to gather you together. He said, I want to take care of you, but you're not even willing. Here's a scripture for it. Here's a scripture for it. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Come on, somebody. Nor has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And might I add, who won't limit him. Come on, y'all. That's the scripture for it. He said, I'm willing to do it. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. You have no idea in your heart the things which I want to do for you, which I have prepared for you, but you're not even willing. Amen? Come on, y'all. And then in Ephesians 3.20, look at this. Now to him who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever hope or ask, according to the power that works in us. Come on, somebody. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you could hope or ask. He's saying, I'm willing. Your eye has not seen. Your ear has not heard. I can do Way more. You just limit me. You limit me. Stop limiting God. Y'all following me so far? Okay. Stop limiting God. We must no longer limit him. We must turn him loose. It's time to let him be God. Amen? That these days of small prayers are over. Come on, somebody. The days of little prayers are over. It's time to ask God for big prayers and receive his awesome answers. I don't know if you heard what this lady said. She can't even talk to people about their children. We got teachers in here. It's time to start praying big prayers. Our country needs them. Amen. Come on. Y'all got to get a hold of this. Take the limits off God. No restrictions. No limitations. Sovereignty means that God can do what he wants. That's what it means. When you say he's a sovereign God, it means that God can do what he wants, when he wants, wherever he wants, with whoever he wants to do it with. Amen. Come on, somebody. And here's the big thing about it. Here's the big thing about it is he don't have to ask anybody's permission. Thank you for that arousing applause, all four of you. I appreciate that. The big part is he don't have to ask anybody's permission. He is a sovereign God, and he can do what he wants to do. Amen. Come on, y'all. I'm telling you. I believe in the sovereignty of God. Do you believe in the sovereignty of God? I believe in his power. I believe that his power is limitless. I believe that he has so much more to offer us if we'll just take the limits off of him. Can we give him a shout of praise if you believe that too? I'm telling you, if you take the limits off of him, take the limits off of him. Look at Matthew 27 too. This is an astounding verse. It's an astounding verse. Jesus was God in skin. Do you hear me? He was God Almighty in skin. Amen? This is astounding. And the Bible says that they bound Jesus. Look at this right here. They bound him and they were taking him away 
to Pilate. The Bible says that they bound Jesus. Can I tell you something? The last thing we want in this church is a bound up Jesus. Amen. We don't want to bound Jesus in this church. Come on, y'all. I want us to lose him. I want Jesus to be free to heal, to be free to provide. I want Jesus to be free to break chains in this church. I want Jesus to be free to set you free in this church. We do not want a, a bound up Jesus. We don't want a bound up Jesus. We want him free to bless you, free to raise you up, free to move mightily among us. Amen. I don't want a dead, dull, boring church where Jesus is just bound up. He can't do nothing because we put limits on him. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, somebody needs a miracle. Somebody needs salvation. Come on, y'all. Somebody needs freedom. Somebody needs a healing. Take the limits off of God. Come on, y'all. You got to get this. I want a church where Jesus is not bound up. He is not bound up in our unbelief. We bind him with these pitiful small petitions. Come on. Come on, y'all. We bind him with these little small petitions. I want you to understand this. Imagine it like this right here. So you got all these billionaires. You got Bill Gates. He's in the room with Elon Musk. Come on, somebody, hanging out with Warren Buffett and all these other billionaires, and they got all of these resources. Amen? And they invite you to come to them with your needs. You got all these billionaires. They want you to come in with the craziest vision, the craziest dream, everything you want, anything you have. And they're actually saying this is, is, is what they're telling you is, I want you to understand that we are going to meet any need you have. They have unlimited resources. They have billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they want you to come in and ask them for what you need. And here we go. Can I have $5? Can you give me five to keep me alive? And they're just sitting there looking at each other like, amen? They're like, why would you come? Unlimited resources. Can I have $5? Right? When I'm talking about the God of heaven, come on, the Bible says he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Amen, somebody? Come on, why are you going to go in and just ask him for $5? They're telling you they will meet any needs you have. They will give you anything you ask for. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And we want to come with these small little petitions. Amen? Jeez. He's so mighty. We bind him with small faith. We bind him with small faith, with little dreams. Low levels of satisfaction. Ant-sized expectations. Come on, y'all. We bind him up with small petitions. We bind him up with low levels of expectations. Well, I'm just right here. I'm happy. I'm good. I'll just stay right here where I'm at. And God's got so much more for you. He's telling you, I got so much more for you. You know what? It's time to get a fresh vision of Jesus Christ and a fresh dream. Dream so big that if God don't show up, it's bound to fail. Amen? 
dreams so big that if God don't show up, it's bound to fail. It's never going to make it. Expand. Ask him to expand the prayer. Expand my territory. Ask for big things. Dream big. Amen. Come on, somebody. I got one amen out of it. Boy, I wish I had a church that say amen up in here. Amen. Come on. We must free him to do supernatural things. He's telling you. And if we will not limit him, I believe he wants to do phenomenal things for his people. Amen. He wants to do phenomenal things for his people. The Bible says that he was grieved. Grieved. Why? Why was he grieved? Because they limited him. They did not let him do all that he had planned. They grieved him. He had longed for them to be free. And they limited him. Look at 2 Corinthians 7, 6. It says, nevertheless, God. Come on, somebody. Nevertheless, God. Everybody say, nevertheless. Can I tell you something? That right there is a revelation in itself. Amen? That's a revelation in itself. God is nevertheless. He is always the more. Amen? Come on, somebody. He's never the less than what he was. He is never less than what he was. He's always the more. You'll never wear God out. You'll never wear God down. He's never less than what he's ever been. Amen? He's always the more. If he met every need in this room, if he give you everything that you ever wanted and he met every need in this room, come on, he would not be less. Because he is never the less. Come on, somebody. He is never the less. If he met every need in this room, he would never be less. He's always the more. And can I tell you something? When we understand that, that he has more grace than sin, he has more power than your problems. Come on, somebody. He has more mercy than your mistakes. He has more forgiveness than your failure. Come on, somebody. He is never the less. He is always the more. He always has more. He has more love than you have hate. Whew. He's never the less. He's always the more. Let's stop limiting him. Let's stop limiting him by not asking. Amen? Let's stop limiting God by not asking him. Nobody will strain God's spiritual budget. You feel me? You can't sprain God's spiritual budget. I don't care how big your dream is. I don't care what you ask him for. You will never make him have to reach back and get in his reserves. He never has to get in his savings account. You can't wear God out. He is not going to need a massage when he's done working on your problems. You can't wear him out. Come on, somebody. You got to do better than that. I promise you, I'm telling you that we limit him through unbelief. You can't wear God out. Two people got that. We limit him by making him so tiny and small. I'm telling you. And God is saying, don't grieve me. 
Don't provoke me. Don't limit the Holy One of Israel. That's what he's saying. Don't limit me. Everybody needs to believe for greater things. Everybody needs to pray bigger prayers. Come on, y'all. Ask God to do gigantic things. Stop with these little, I said, stop. I speak. Stop with these little peanut-sized prayers. How about that? Huh, did you hear me squeak? Stop. Woo. Stop with these little peanut-sized prayers. Amen? Stop limiting God. Turn to somebody and say he's preaching to you. And your coffee just kicked in. Oh, come on, y'all's coffee's just now kicking in. I'm up here sweating. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You can let this go in one ear and out the other, but somebody's going to get this. Somebody's going to walk out of here blessed. Somebody's going to walk out of here, and they're going to have all of their prayers answered, and they're going to have some big honking thing, and you're just going to be sitting over like, man, I, 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 why are they so blessed? Because they asked. Because they asked. That's what you're going to do. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Look at Luke chapter 1. Come on, y'all. We preaching the word up here this morning. Amen. Is it in the Bible? Is it in the Bible? If it's in the Bible, why would we limit it? We preaching the word this morning. This is in the Bible. I'm showing you. Check it out. If it's in the Bible, let's not limit it. Look at Luke chapter 1. You know, I think God knows how to say what he wants to say. Whenever it is, he wants to say it. And I think he can say it however he wants to say it. And I think that you can come up with all these theologies and all this different stuff and everything else that goes against what God is saying. But you know what? It don't make no difference because you can't throw what God says out the window because he has a way of saying what he wants to say. And we don't have to water it down. We don't have to apologize. We don't have to look. Just like Luke 137 says it, just like this. And I want everybody to say this with me boldly. For with God, nothing will be impossible. That's simple. No challenge is too great. No problem is too big. Amen. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. So why do we limit him? Why do we limit him? How do we limit him? We limit God with prayerlessness. Oh. We limit God with prayerlessness. Listen to what he said in John 16, 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Come on, somebody. You see what that says? He says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. He says the reason it isn't happening, it's in the Bible. He says the reason it's not happening for you is because you're not asking. You think about your problems, you talk about your problems, you Facebook about your problems, you tweet about your problems, whatever y'all do, I don't know. You do all this stuff, you don't sleep because you don't have the answers. And he's sitting there telling you, but until now, you lost nothing in my name. He said, I've got the answer, but you don't even ask. We're limiting him by not asking. Amen? 
And I love the fact he said this. Look at it. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. You see that? That your joy may be full. Come on, somebody. He wants people happy. He wants people blessed. He wants people full. He says, ask and you will receive. Why? Because I want you happy so that your joy may be full. He wants everybody happy. He wants everybody full. He wants everybody to have the full benefits of everything that Calvary purchased. Amen? He wants everybody to have everything that the cross offers. I don't know if y'all understand that or not. He said, if you don't ask me, and I love this part, he didn't say ask small. He said, if you don't ask me, he didn't say ask small. He didn't say ask medium prayers. He didn't say ask large prayers. He said, you decide. Come on, somebody. He said, you decide. You haven't asked me. Haven't asked me for nothing. If you want little of my power, then ask little. If you want medium or large, ask me to. Kind of like the way you order your drinks. Get the big gulp. Come on, somebody. Let your cup run over. Get the big gulp. David said, my cup runneth over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want a little bit of his power? Just ask little prayers. You want a lot of his power? Ask big prayers. Come on, y'all. And you have to decide. We limit him by little prayers or no prayers. He says, you have limited me by not asking. Isn't that crazy? We have to get the audacity to ask. I don't know what is going on with this thing. We have to get the audacity to ask. Just like in Genesis 18. I want you to read this story. In Genesis 18, okay, God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to wipe out that whole place and burn the whole city down. They're totally wicked. They're totally vile. And just before he does it, there's a guy named Abraham. Anybody know who Abraham is? Huh? Come on, y'all. He says, I'm going to go up and pray, and I'm going to ask God for something. He says, I'm going to go up and I'm going to talk to him because I've got family down there. He says, and I need God to save my family. Abraham says, God, I want you to read this. Read it, read it. He goes up, he says, God, if I can find 50 righteous people. Listen to how bold he is. Listen how bold Abraham is. He goes up, he says, God, if I can find 50 righteous people, would you spare the city or would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And, 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 and he goes on, he said, and God says, you know what? Yeah, I would, I would spare the city if you find 50 righteous people. Then he comes back, he says, okay. Then he comes back, he says, if I can find 45, will you spare the city? That sounds like my kids, don't it? Come back, always wanting to barter. Always wanting to barter. Can I stay till 1030? How about 11? He says, he says if, I find, if I find 45 righteous people, will you spare the city? God says, yep, I'll spare the city. I can do that. Then Abraham says, well, okay, well, if, if, I find, if I find 40 people, will you spare the city? And he says, yep, I can do that. I'll spare the city. And then Abraham said, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is really working. He's like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to, right? And he says, okay, God, if I can find 30 people, would you spare the city? God says, you know what? I'll, I'll spare the city if you can find 30 people. So how about 20? And God says, okay, I'll spare the city if you can find 20 righteous people in there. God's probably sitting there looking at him like, man, this dude keeps coming back. Like, what is he doing? Amen? Y'all follow me? He says, okay, God, what if I find 10 righteous people? 
in the city. Will you not destroy the city? And God says, if you can find 10 righteous, I will not destroy the city. And then the strangest thing happens in the story. Guys, listen, read it. Genesis 18. He stopped asking. He stopped asking. You hear me? He stopped asking. Why did he stop? When he stopped asking, God stopped answering, and then he destroyed the city. He could have kept on going. He could have kept coming back. He could have went down to five. He could have went down to one. And then he would have been like, God, oh, don't destroy the city. And God would, okay, I won't do it. But he stopped asking. Amen? Y'all got to read the story. Because he could have kept going. And God's saying, I like people that come to me with bigger and bigger and bigger, and they want bigger miracles, and they want me to do bigger things. That's what God, God likes that. Stop limiting the Holy One of Israel. I'm telling you, he stopped asking. He stopped asking. All he had to do was keep going back. God says, if I can do it with many, I can do it with few. Come on, y'all. If I can do it with a lot, I can do it with a little. He says, but I need somebody to believe and take the limits off. When we ask, ask big. Ask God not just to help you. Ask him to heal you. Come on, somebody. Ask God not to just add. Ask him to multiply. Amen. Come on, y'all. Ask God not for just a few. Ask him for overflow. Amen. Ask him for more than enough. He's El Shaddai. He's not El Chipo. He's got more than enough. He's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Ask him. Do not limit the Holy One of Israel. Ask God for miracles. Amen. You might know who Jimmy Stewart was. The famous Hollywood actor. Right? He left all of his memorabilia from all the movies he had done. He's done a ton of movies. All the movies he had done, all the... All the things that he had accumulated through his movies and all the, all the stuff that he had. He, he, he left all of his memorabilia to a university that no one had ever heard of. It's worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he's being interviewed. And the person that's interviewing asked him, he said, said, I heard you gave this university all of your stuff. Why did you do that? Did you go to that school? Oh, no, no, I didn't go to that school. Did your children go to that school? No, no, my children didn't go to that Did your grandchildren? No. No, my grandchildren didn't go to that school. Then why did you give them? He said, because they asked. <laughs> True story. He said, because they asked. I wonder how much we're living without just because we're too afraid to ask. I wonder how much we're living without just because we sit here and we don't ask and we limit him. Jimmy Stewart said, they asked me. Nobody had ever asked me before. He said, I would have given it to somebody else. But they never asked. We limit God by saying, you're not asking. I talk to people. So what? God can't answer my prayers. I feel like I'm burdening God when I pray. I feel, Come on, am I talking to you this morning? We limit him by not asking. He said they asked me. You have not because... Some of y'all need to read your Bible. You have not because... You have not because... 
You ask not. They ask me, so I give it to them. That's all. I wonder how many times God is sitting up there saying, boy, I wish you would just ask. I got so much to offer you, I wish you would just ask. That's all you got to do is just ask. Come on, y'all, look at Matthew 7, 11. It says, if you then being evil, carnal, worldly, if, you, if you're being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Everybody shout these next three words. Everybody shout these next three words. How much more? Y'all going home. Message is over. That's it right there. How much more will your limitless Father give to you? Who what? I didn't hear you. How much more? Everybody shout those three words for me. Okay, do it one more time like you really believe it. How much more? That is an incredible story, guys. Listen, in 2 Chronicles, I want to tell you this. Chapter 16, 2 Chronicles, is a man named Asa. He got diseased in his feet. Okay, listen to this. The disease got so severe, and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And this is what it says in verse, six, uh, uh, verse 12, 2 Chronicles 16. And in the 39th year of his reign... Asa became diseased in his feet. You know what? I think that could be kind of a, a type of not walking by faith. Amen. That he's probably walking by sight. Because when you get diseased in your feet, I would think that you're probably not walking by faith. You're walking by sight. Amen. Come on, y'all. And his malady was severe. Yet, listen, yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. Can I tell you something? God's not against the physicians. Amen. God is not against the physicians, but they should not be the only thing we think about. They should not be the only thing we go to, and they should not be the only thing we check with. We need to seek the Lord. We need to seek the Holy One of Israel. We need to pray, 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 pray. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, seek and ask the unlimited, mighty physician, Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Amen. Ask him for miracles and long life and restoration. Don't just go to the physicians. The physicians ain't the reason I'm here. They couldn't save me. I died. They couldn't save me. It's y'all's prayers. It's the only reason I'm here. I was on a ventilator for 25 days. The physicians couldn't save me. Y'all started interceding with big prayers. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I promise you, God is not going to need a massage if he answers your prayers because you just wore him out. Amen. Because you just exhausted him. We limit God with prayerlessness. I'm almost done. Hang on. We limit God with prayerlessness. And we limit God with our improper perception. Amen? Amen. Our own perception. We have this perception of, of a tiny perception of who God is. Our little perception of who God is. You know that if the Holy Spirit is in us, come on somebody. The Holy Spirit in us is everything that God is. I'm not sure if y'all believe that or not. 
I feel like we got some work to do, Mr. Carter. Um, the Holy Spirit in you is everything that God is. Do you understand that? Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty. 20, look at this. Luke eleven twenty. 20, he said, I by the finger of God flick out Satan. He says, just with the finger of God, I cast out demons. I, he's like, Beep. that's it. That's all it took for Jesus to whoop Satan. I cast him out with the finger of God. He said, Beep. guess what? We don't just have a finger of God. We don't just have an arm of God. He says, by my right arm, I bring salvation. We don't just have a finger and an arm. Come on, y'all. We have all of God when we have the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because we have everything. Y'all ain't getting this. Y'all better. Greater is he that is in you. The devil is not afraid of you. The devil is afraid of who's in you. Amen, somebody. I'm telling you. Everything that God is, you have. Come on, y'all. Take the limits off. In the book of Mark, the Bible talks about a woman who comes to Jesus. She comes to Jesus and she has, has, a, has a diseased, a, a, a demon-possessed daughter. Watch this. It says Jesus comes into the city. He, he's trying to ignore everybody. He's trying to stay away from everybody. He don't want... He, and, and, he, and he basically is ignoring this lady. He basically referred to her as a goat, not a sheep. We talked about that before. I don't know if y'all remember. But he said, I'm sent to the sheep of Israel. That's what I'm here for. In other words, he's saying, you're a goat, not a sheep. And then she comes back to Jesus. Listen. And Jesus said these amazing words in Mark 7, verse 27. Look at this. Let the children. See this? That's the children of Israel. That's my sheep. That's what I'm here for. Amen? He says, let the children be filled first. For it is not good, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And here's why she got a miracle. Come on, somebody. Here's why she got a miracle, because she had the right perception of who God was. Amen? She didn't think of him as this little tiny God. She had the right perception of who God was. She knew who he was. She knew who, who, how, much, how much power he had. She knew all of this stuff. And she made this statement. Look at verse 28. She says, oh yes Lord. Yes Lord, I hear you. I hear you. But even the little dogs under the master's table eat the crumbs. Amen. Even the little dogs under the master's table eat the children's crumbs. In other words, she was saying, Lord, I know who you are. She said, I know who you are. I know how powerful you are. And I don't need a slice of your power. She said, I just need a crumb. Amen? That's what she said. She said, I don't need a whole loaf of your power. She said, I don't need it. I don't need a slice of your power to set my daughter free. All it takes is a crumb. Come on, somebody. you got to get the right perception of who Jesus is. All it takes is a crumb. She said, you're so big. You're so limitless. You're so mighty that if I can just get a crumb from the master's table, my daughter will be healed. Amen. And she got it. She got it. Read it. Her daughter was healed. Amen. Because of her perception 
of how great Jesus was. It was just a crumb. Come on. Quit magnifying your problem and start magnifying your God. Amen. Quit magnifying the enemy and start magnifying God's power. Quit magnifying your need and start magnifying his supply. Amen. Come on, y'all. Don't limit the Holy One of Israel. The Bible says this in Mark chapter 6. Look at verse 5. Jesus came to his hometown of Nazareth. He came to his hometown. Listen to this. said he could do no mighty work there. This is remarkable. This is remarkable. Watch this. It said he could do no mighty work there. Well, except that he laid his hands on a few people and healed some people and did all this. But, but he could do no mighty work there. Do you see how remarkable this is? Come on, y'all. In other words, healing is not a mighty work for Jesus. I just touch him. It don't matter. It's all good. <laughs> healing is not a mighty work. You see that? He could do no mighty work here. He didn't do no mighty work. Oh, he just laid his hands on a few people, healed a few people. Come on, y'all. In his mind, healing, in his mind, it's a big deal for us. Amen? Come on, y'all. I know some of you want the healing right now. I know some of you need it. It's a big deal for us. But in his mind, he's so powerful. And we think, oh, boy, if only one person could get healed, we need that healing. But in his mind, healing, opening blind eyes, lepers being cleansed, all this, it wasn't a mighty work. It wasn't a mighty word for him. That's just crumbs. That's just crumbs for God's power. He could do no mighty work there. Why? Because he was in his hometown and they limited him. They limited him. Isn't it something that he had to go to strange places to do mighty works? Have you ever called that before? He had to go to strange places to do mighty works. But he wanted to do them in his hometown. And he couldn't. Can I tell you something? You know what this church is? This church is his hometown. Amen. Come on, somebody. This is his hometown. We're his family. We're his people. This is his church. Do you know that he wants to do mighty works here? Amen. He wants to do mighty works here. I wonder how many times he comes in here and he says, man, I wish I could do mighty work there. Jesus is here. I wonder how many times he comes in this service and he sits there and he says, boy, I wish I could do mighty works there. Come on, somebody. Huh? But nobody's asking me. But nobody's asking me. Nobody's perceiving how powerful I am. Nobody here understands it's just a crumb. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Put Psalm 78, 41 back up there for me, please. says they limited the Holy One of Israel. Amen? They limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited Him. Let's not limit Him this morning. Let's ask Him for big things at Restoration Church this morning. Amen? Let's ask Him for great things. We eat leeks and garlics and onions when Calvary purchased milk and honey. We're eating spiritual bologna when Jesus already purchased filet mignon and lobster tail for us. Come on, y'all. Why are you eating spiritual bologna? I'm from Alabama. I like bologna, but I don't want no spiritual bologna. Let me tell y'all something. There was a man who got on a ship. Maybe I've told this story. I don't know. Dustin told me I already told it. I apologize if I did. Thanks. 
There was a man who got on a ship, listen to me guys, and he was so excited because he was leaving England to journey to America to be with his family. He saved and saved and saved and he got up just enough money to buy the ticket. He got all of his clothes together, he boarded the ship, and he brought all the food he could get because he knew it was going to be a long journey, about a two-week journey from England to America. So he got an enormous supply of cheese and crackers. So for the most part, he ate cheese and crackers for two weeks. He would go into the cafeteria and he would see all these people eating the buffet. He would see all these plates, all this food, and he's just sitting over eating his cheese and crackers. The last day of the journey, the captain noticed the man sitting in the cafeteria. What's this guy doing? So he walks over to this man and introduces himself. And the man starts telling him the story that he's going to America to be with his wife and his family. And the captain said, let me ask you a question. He says, why are you not over there enjoying that buffet? The plate's overflowing with food. Food everywhere. He says, why are you not enjoying that buffet? And he says, oh, he said, I didn't have enough money for it. And the captain with a sad face he said, oh, no, didn't nobody tell you? He said, you've been over here eating cheese and crackers the whole trip. He said, and when you bought the ticket, the food was included. Some of you going to get to heaven. Come on, I wish I had a church that would say amen or something up in here this morning. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all are going to get to heaven, and you're going to realize you've been living on cheese and crackers when God had so much more for you. Amen. It's already been purchased. It's already been bought. You're going to get up here and be like, I hate crackers. Come on. Jesus. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. You don't have to live on cheese and crackers anymore. Amen. Uh, get up on your feet and give God a shout of praise in here this morning. Come on, somebody. Come on. You got to do better than that. Get on your feet and give God a shout of praise up in here this morning. Jesus. Would you hold on just a couple more minutes? Don't run for the door. If you want to run somewhere, you better come up here and run to the altar. How about that? Don't run to the door. Come on, y'all. We're going to end with a worship song. And we're going to have people over here praying on each side. We're going to have people up front up here praying if you come up here. And while this worship song's uh, playing, if you guys need prayer, come up here and get some prayer, please. Amen. We want to pray for y'all. If you're up there in the bleachers in the top section, we want you to go to each side over here. We got a couple of uh, families over here that want to pray for you. And if you're down here in this bottom section, we'll have people up front to pray with y'all. So while we're worshiping God, can we do some prayer this morning? Is that okay? Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this room right now. If you're in here and you're saying, God, I am sick of limiting you. Jesus, I need you in my heart. And you have never, ever, ever asked Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. I want you to raise your hand right now. We're getting right down to business. Come on, raise your hand. We, we, we see them hands. God sees them hands. If you're in here and you're saying, I need to take the limits off of God, I need you in my life, Jesus. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me and say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Come into my heart, Jesus. I do not want to grieve you. 
I do not want to limit you in my life. Change me and make me into the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, as we go into this time of worship, God. Father, that we can meet any need here by prayer. Lord God, I thank you for every single person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen.